0: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
1: I'm Neil Zacharias, and you're listening to Eat for the Planet. On this show, we try to answer the question, how can we eat in a way that nourishes us without starving the planet? The show features conversations with food industry leaders, health and sustainability experts, as well as entrepreneurs and creative minds who are redefining the future of food. Sleep. It's something we all need to lead healthy, productive lives. But like most other things we know we need to do to stay healthy, sleep is often neglected. And not in the same careless manner that we neglect to eat three servings of vegetables a day. We purposefully ignore sleep and even brag about how little sleep we need to prove that we can work hard, play harder, or even watch TV harder than anyone around us. Because for some reason, we've come to think of sleep as a waste of time. This is the exact sort of mindset that serial entrepreneur, John Chagarian is trying to disrupt. As the founder of over eight businesses, John knows a thing or two about burning the candle at both ends. But after he experienced what doctors call a micro sleep event, where he passed out for a few seconds from exhaustion, he realized he needed to make a change. In this conversation, John and I discuss what led him to found Psalm Sleep, a company that makes an all-natural, vegan, non-GMO, allergen-free, non-habit-forming beverage that is formulated to help individuals achieve better sleep. He talks about how he went from making his own sleep formula at home to teaming up with food scientists and later co-packers and distributors to help make this company a reality. John shares some statistics related to micro-sleep events, and the average American, that will frankly shock you. He also addresses some of the reasons why we have such a hard time falling asleep and staying asleep, and speaks to how the ingredients in SOM are designed to naturally restore your body's ability to sleep restfully. Beyond the health accolades that SOM has, we get into the business side of the company, discussing the current competition, and how he plans to grow and expand in the future. The market for sleep aids, supplements and related products is rapidly growing, but it is unfortunately dominated by pharmaceuticals at the moment. We spend a lot of time talking about how we can build a healthier, more sustainable food system on this podcast. But realistically, we can't even get to that point if we don't stop to consider our own well-being. What I like best about this interview is that it shows you don't have to run yourself completely into the ground to be successful in the business world. In fact, if we all just got some sleep, not only would we be more healthy, but in the end, much, much more productive. John Chagarian, thank you for joining us on the E for the Planet podcast. It's an honor to be here, Neil. Thank you so much. This is the best. John, so, you know, we've known each other for a few years now, and every time we um, catch up, it's usually over a meal. Uh, So sorry, this is the first time we're chatting where there's no food involved, at least right now. There will be in the future, though I know. (laughs) So I'm not worried about us
2: missing another meal. We'll get one together. Yeah.
1: So we initially connected based, uh, you know, you were an entrepreneur. I think you interviewed me on your the show. You used to have green is good. um, yeah. And that's how we got to know each other and um, met up in restaurants either in L.A. or in New York right. over plant-based food, talking about um, how this industry is growing and emerging and is going to be the only hope we have to, to change our food system. So um, I know our mutual, um, the things that we like are so similar because you know we share a passion for food, we share a passion for business, for um, business that makes a social impact. Um, and, you know, when I heard you were now getting into the food space through this new beverage that you have out there, yeah. uh, I think the moment you told me about that, I was like, we have to sit down and, and chat about it and chat about how you came into this, yeah. uh, what it is all about, and uh, what it means um, for the uh, health of the planet, the health of people on the planet, um, and in what way is it connected to your gr- bigger mission around food and health. So we're going to get yeah. into all of that today. Right. Um, but I want to start off with sort of um since we mentioned food how did you first get interested in um in food and health to begin with because I know that journey is what's led you to um Som now so yeah. we'll we'll start there. I was 17 years old and I was racing
2: horses for a living. I was a harness driver and I wanted to get down to a certain weight and I had just spent my first year in college up in Boston University uh, gaining weight in the, uh, freshman dormitory. <laughs> and I picked up a book at a Boston uh, bookstore and I picked up Misho Kushi's mm. seminal book on macrobiotics yes. and I just read it and reread it and said, this is a better way. And I literally changed my diet to macrobiotics when I was 17 years old and went from probably a high of 213 pounds, literally in five months, to 145 pounds. And my whole system uh, from, you know, uh, top to bottom changed about how I approach food and how I consume food, and I was forever changed from that
1: moment on. Wow. So you've sort of, your journey into it was because... Weight loss and health, and so that started off microbiotic, which is yeah. which is tough to keep up. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, yeah. St- are you still microbiotic, or are you largely just plant based?
2: Largely plant based now. Okay. But when I'm in town here in New York City, I'll still always go back to Suen at Sixth mm-hmm. and Prince, just to remind myself of the original feeling of eating miso soup and having brown rice. And hijiki Seaweed and just all the wonderful products that are available to us that are natural and really healthy for us and just make you feel the best that you can be.
1: Mm, right. That's so true. And um, so you've been an entrepreneur. You've done a few different things mm. um and you could, you know, I know you've had a passion for doing businesses that have a social impact, yeah. and uh, you've done that right from homeboy industries right. leading up to electronic recyclers, and um, you've got a bunch of other businesses that I probably don't even know about. Um, how do you pick your projects that you get involved in? And, you know, you could literally be doing anything you want, actually, it's with true. your life. That's true. When you're a serial
2: entrepreneur, you look at the world as you travel through your day and the greater journey that you're on as a world full of voids then when you start sort of straddling the voids and trying to figure out which ones need to be done that's one list then you figure out which ones need to be done by you by thinking about which ones have you have a personal attachment to so when it came to Homeboy, I was living in LA at the at the time, and we had some vacancies due to the Rodney King riots uh, in our marketplace. In fact, we had a tortilleria, And I saw Father Greg boil on 60 Minutes, and I literally cold called him. We had no cell phones back then. I called, I called him on a landline and he, I said, come have coffee with me. And we had coffee literally four feet away from this empty tortilla stall. And we together invented the Homeboy Tortilla concept, which was the first of many Homeboy businesses that led to Homeboy Industries. Um, That was very personal. We were in LA. We were living through times that I don't want anyone to live through in this country or any country in the world anymore, in that we were fighting among each other for the soul of a city. And the fights were just... Really Mm -hmm. just horrible in terms of watching each other as brothers and sisters hurt one another and destroy your city at the same time. And so the time for rebuilding had come and rebuilding by bridging ethnic and racial um, uh, zones and also downtown to west side, west side to east side the time was to reconnect the city and homeboy was that reconnection for everyone, which is the reason why it's still thriving. It got a lot of publicity when we created it, uh, led to many great things for everyone involved, but more importantly, father Greg Boyle's words that nothing stops a bullet faster than a job Hmm. still ring true today. And that changed my life forever. That changed my life forever from the point of view that, there's going to be a lot of things you could do to make money and a lot of opportunities and voids in marketplaces as we travel through this great journey. But everything that I decided to do from homeboy on had to have a social impact, had to have a social bottom line, uh, and had to have also big opportunities, a lot of white space. So when I went into my next business, financialaid.com, we attacked the student lending business. We Mm -hmm. put it online. 1998, the year Google was founded, we started democratizing the student lending business. And it worked. We didn't charge students. We didn't charge their parents for our Stafford loans, plus loans, consolidation loans, nor for scholarship search or grant searches, we democratized it. And it worked. And people are attracted to those who are doing things for the right reasons and attacking big problems. Mm -hmm. And after we sold financialaid.com, we went on to create electronic recyclers. Again, I had never been in the waste or recycling business, but I had a passion for the environment. And for animals, because of the horses and my racehorse background. And my father was the first guy, one of the first people to bring windmills to America. So I love what that meant, clean energy. And I was with him when he was doing that. And I was with his partners who had come from Belgium and were in the racehorse business. So the racehorses connected us to windmills. Mm -hmm. And it all interconnected into becoming ERI. And we started just putting one foot in front of the other. And we built an enterprise that... Even though we recycle 30 million or so pounds a month of electronics, there's still hundreds of millions of pounds that are being left unrecycled, but we're doing our fair share and leading by example. Mm. And then the opportunity uh, and the thought process started going into Psalm as some series of events happened. uh, So
1: let's get into that. I'm I'm going to interrupt you there because I want to make sure we can um, unpack a little bit from your past because I love the fact that you call it voids and white spaces is another term for it. It's kind of a way of looking at the world. Uh, You do notice all the problems in the world, but you're looking at it from a solution-oriented standpoint where you're thinking... Um, what could solve that problem and right. how is it that you could use your skills or the people that you know or the people that you partner with to help solve that problem. And I think, you know, that's how that's the birth of any good creative idea. Um, any good business is the ability to uh, understand that there is a problem that needs solving and that you can bring some skills to the, to the table to solve that problem. And it seems like you've approached most of your initiatives and your projects that way, yeah. uh, which makes... You know what I would have um, before we get into Psalm, I want to uh, kind of ask you why you didn't. because you know, I know you were, I'm going to rephrase that. You, kn- I know you were very passionate about food, mm. and you, you, I think you were an investor in a couple of restaurants. Yep. Um, and we often talked about the we've food been industry. there together. Yeah, a couple we, of them, yes. right? Um, how come you didn't end up jumping into that industry? And I know you know Psalm is a food company. At the end sure. of the day, it's a beverage. Uh, but it's very unique. Um, How did you decide to go all in with this problem versus um, generally coming up with another food product? Because uh, definitely there's a huge market for healthy, better-for-you plant-based foods. Uh, Did you have any ideas that you discarded before you stumbled on this one, or this is the one that just spoke to you and you felt like you could help solve it better than someone else. Well, my wife for
2: many years ran her family food company, which was a dried fruit company. Mm. And the nice thing is when you're married to someone for so long, you get to be their uh, advisor and they get to advise you as well. And she took then what she took over in 1996 with her cousins was a raising company. And, by the time she left in 2006 to run ERI, she had created with her cousins and brother uh, a dried fruit company that was then into organics and healthier products. So already we felt like a difference was being made by the family business in health and wellness from that side of the family business. Um, For many years, we had talked about vegan food products, plant-based food products, and invested in some restaurants, invested in a Moringa company that's doing quite well. Um, And we put our money where our mouth was, Mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. (laughs) Um, But this one was really personal. This one was so personal and such a big opportunity and such a big void in the marketplace that we just couldn't resist this Mm -hmm. opportunity and uh that's why we jumped in with regards to uh a sleep beverage.
1: So, Som is a is a beverage that helps you fall asleep right um in around 30 minutes. Yep. Um, first and foremost, what is the problem with sleep in in America and around the world? What is this sleep crisis and how uh-huh. did you kind of get yeah into that or interested in that or, yeah. or did it come to you? Well, I, I it came to me really because I was traveling with my
2: wife on a business trip and my wife was running our recycling company at the time and I was involved also as an executive and we were flying from LAX to Houston uh, to go meet with a client and on the plane ride there during midday, she said, is it getting dark in here? And I said, no, this is a regular plane. And uh, we got there and she said, is it going to rain as we were driving to our hotel? And I said, no, it's a perfectly sunny day. and I started getting very concerned and I said, what's the matter with your eyesight? She goes, it just seems dimmer. And I said, why don't we go to MD Anderson? Uh mm-hmm. I was, I was afraid she was having a stroke or some sort of event that I really didn't have any experience in. And she refused. She goes, no, let's go to hotel, go have our business dinner and go to our meeting tomorrow, which we did. And then that night, the next night we got home to LA and I checked us into a hotel close to Cedars. And the following day we went to Cedars um, where she basically went legally blind. And uh, it was the first part of a diagnosis within 48 hours uh, subsequent to her going blind that um, we realized she had the first stages of multiple sclerosis, which at that time was just, from her brain scan, was singular sclerosis because she had one, so sclerosis really means scar, and she had one scar tissue sitting on her ocular nerve. And it had squeezed her eyesight uh, to a point of darkness at that point. And as we started going on this journey of multiple sclerosis, realized that it creates a lot of anxiety. Obviously, when it's new to a family, the anxiety then leads to sleep disruption. Sleep disruption leads to more inflammation in the body. More inflammation leads to worse symptoms. And it becomes a very negative loop very quickly. So the doctors, the great neurologists that we had around us and other health and west health doctors, Eastern and Western, started recommending creating a sleep drink literally in our home for my wife that included magnesium, that included melatonin, that included theanine and other products. So I felt like every night I was running a little apothecary for her and creating a sleep drink for her. And it worked. And she had a lot of success with it. I was traveling then more on business because it wasn't good for her uh, health condition to be on planes anymore just to stay back and run the company. And as I started even traveling more, the time zones were affecting me. And I had an incident in the house one night where I got up dehydrated in the middle of the night. And I was on my way for coconut water in the kitchen and literally had a micro sleep event where I passed out. Um and hit my head on the counter, hit my head on the floor, opened up my face, got a concussion, broke my big nose, which was already a big nose to start with, became much bigger, and realized my sleeping habits were eroding from anxiety and travel and stress and dehydration and everything else that a lot of us suffer from. And I realized, okay, let me keep studying this and I had micro sleep events behind my wheel of my car, and I brought it to a good friend of mine, Abdul Khan. And I said, "What's what's going on in your life?" And he mm-hmm. said, "He was in he was he's uh, in his at that time he was in his uh, late thirties. His wife was in her late twenties, and they both had sleep issues. And I'm and I'm trying to think. First, I thought it was just MS related. Then I started thinking it was just stress and business related. Then I started realizing this has nothing to do with with uh, height, weight age ethnicity this was really two huge trends that were affecting all of us in society you had the whole energy revolution generation which was led by starbucks followed by red bull hmm. then you have Rockstar, monster and five-hour energy coming in behind it that energy generation is still being fueled and growing on a mm-hmm. week-to-week month-to-month basis Combined with and converging with the technological revolution yeah. of iPad, cell phone, uh, you know, all the tablets and laptops that we not only work in front of all day, but we seem to think they're all teddy bears, and we all bring them to bed with us. <laughs> and they somehow we think text messages and emails yeah. are going to bring us comfort. Yeah. But the truth is, the Blu-rays coming off of those items are are definitely affecting. Our, mm. our, our pineal gland, which is grossly affecting our circadian rhythm by uh, affecting the, the melatonin production in our bodies, you know, combined with the energy revolution, we're all drinking these energy drinks, whether it's coffee or the other energy drinks. And we're not understanding that even if we cut them off or two or three in the afternoon, the half-lifes on them mean that they're still carrying over in our liver through the night into the next day and as we then layer on more of these drinks the following day the following day the following day they're adding up and they're totally disrupting with our melatonin production the um our sleep patterns and it's been as you pointed out at the top of the show from 18 to 85 year olds the crisis is just mm-hmm. is just the magnitude is massive
1: it's almost become a perfect storm right now and i think it's become cultural um in the sense that you know first obviously you had um the the very the invention of electricity in the first place um put humans in a place where we are not in sync with our with the natural cycles of the sun. um and we start surrounding ourselves with artificial light, and that's you know created sleep sleep problems over the years. On top of that, we've built a culture that it almost um glorifies hard work and lack of sleep, um you know, especially. Not just as entrepreneurs, but any any sort of walk of life. if you want to be successful and if you want to be a hardworking lawyer or doctor, everyone's talking about how we're surviving on four or five hours of sleep. You have CEOs of companies claiming that you know they only sleep three hours every night because sleep just gets in the way of uh, their productivity. And sleep has almost become this even, I think at some point there were these articles talking about how there were going to be drugs invented that would make us not sleep uh so that we're able to get more out of life and then you have this cultural thing sleep when you're dead uh songs written about that like you only live once and you live for now and uh party all night because it's uh who cares about 1999 tomorrow. right it's it's literally we've and then of course you've had this obsession with uh you know, with tablets and smartphones and our uh, screens have gone from uh, walls on our, uh, no, from from our tables to walls on our every room of our houses it's and true. our apartments to now in our pockets, in bed with us. And uh, we're just over... And then on top of that, of course, you say the, the, the energy drink revolution, the stimulations like coffee and, and everyone needs to be awake and alert and performing. And... It's no wonder we're at a point, and I, people aren't talking about this problem enough, I believe, but no wonder we're at a point where people just can't turn off their their, their minds. Um, so you have the screens that firstly, as you said, blue right. light um, exposure, but you also end up um, just have, being overstimulated, looking at emails even before you're going to bed. On top of that, you just had caffeine four hours earlier. Can you tell me what the extent of the problem is? Has there been any studies done in terms of how much people are sleeping? How much of an epidemic is this from a health standpoint? And um, and of course, then we know what the solution has typically been in the past It's prescription drugs. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, well, I know there's a lot there in my let, question. Yeah, but... well,
2: well, let's start on the on on the on the drug issue. Mm-hmm. If you look at most over-the-counter Sleep medications, whether they're prescribed or over the counter, that right now, domestically, give or take, is about a $50 billion year business. So $50 billion being spent on stuff that is not only bad for us, but is scientifically proven to, if it's taken on a regular basis, to cause. Early Alzheimer's, if it's some of the prescription stuff, uh, the over-the-counter stuff, if it's taken uh, for numerous nights of the year, has known to attack and, and cause cancer in our critical organs such as liver, kidneys, kidneys pancreas. This is stuff that's not good for us. This is stuff that we shouldn't be taking and there and we don't need to be taken to get good rest. So um the magnitude of this, just domestically, mm-hmm. is massive. But this epidemic, by the way, energy and technology is is literally spreading around the world and 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 sleep and the epidemic around sleep is Huge in Asia, Mm -hmm. huge in Europe and Russia, South America. No one is immune to this problem. No ethnic, racial, uh, geographical location. Everyone has now access to cell phones and technology, and everyone has pretty much access to these energy drinks or for sure coffee.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, sleep, the dangers of not getting enough sleep. Of course, you've had you had an extreme yeah. incident, um, but you don't have to almost wait till that happens to understand that lack of sleep is affecting you in ways uh, that we may never understand. I mean, I, we talk a lot about food and health and nutrition uh, on this podcast, and I think the thing about um, often gets missed in, in this discussion is that you can't just, you know, adjust the dial on one of these pillars of good health, which could be food and nutrition, and ignore the others. And the others include things like getting some activity, uh, managing your stress in some ways. And the one that's talked the least about is making sure you get a sufficient amount of sleep because that's when your brain and your body kind of um, uh, repairs itself. True, but it's. I
2: think it's because it's sort of has been... Uh... There's been a social stigma around that. It's a sign of weakness if you needed more sleep because of the reasons that you pointed out earlier. Mm -hmm. It was sort of a a rite of passage or a sign of some uh, bizarre machismo Mm -hmm. to sleep less, work more. I believe those days are quickly fading because it's been proven that the early onset Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's have all been tied to lack of sleep, besides genetics, besides environmental burden, we can definitely affect the outcome of how we treat ourselves neurologically and how we age neurologically. And sleep is one of the things that we have the greatest control over. But if we let that go out of control, we will definitely suffer, not only on a day-to-day basis when we short ourselves on hours slept, good sleep, but we also will hurt ourselves long-term and open ourselves up for much more risk of early-onset dementia, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's. That's scientifically proven. Mm -hmm. That's just not anecdotal. With regards to microsleep, although we can say I had an extreme uh, example, the truth be known— my episode of Microsleep, which it only takes a couple seconds. It's two seconds or more, which which is called Microsleep. My example is actually a lot less an anomaly than we think. For instance, in terms of drivers across the United States, um, there's an accident every 30 seconds in America, every 30 seconds due to Microsleep. 56 million drivers admit to falling asleep behind the wheel every month in this country. And when a truck driver, unfortunately, falls asleep driving one of his 18 wheelers, typically he, four and a half people are die in a fatality accident mm-hmm. on every truck driver mistake. And micro-sleep event uh, that happens, so the the numbers are just staggering. It's just that people aren't talking about it. Mm.
1: So I mean, I you know this is very personal to me as well. I had my you know I, I talk about how culturally we need to change our conversation around sleep because I felt a victim to that that cultural phenomena as well. I being an entrepreneur, and I shared the story with you, and we've yeah. chatted. Um, I think I've talked a little bit about it on this podcast before, but more in the context of health and nutrition. But I was, you know, the early days of uh, of being an entrepreneur, I worked 18 hours a day, uh, slept three or four hours, would show up to the office the next day and, you know, proudly declare how I haven't slept, would be emailing my staff sometimes in the middle of the night, often like half asleep while doing it. Right. And, um it just was the nature of, I you know, you read all about, you know, you have to hustle and work hard and build things. And and my health suffered. Um, and sleep was just one amongst many pillars um, that were not getting enough attention. Right. Uh, I was kind of ignoring all the others. And uh, ultimately, it just reached a point where I just had to, to do something. And, and the first thing I actually... Did, because I felt like it was the simplest thing I could do, is to try to get a good night's sleep. Right. Um, Which I found, you know, why I find sleep is a powerful thing to lead with if you're trying to get more healthy in general. Absolutely. Because you will feel the impact of it right away. (laughs) You will see the difference. You'll wake up the next morning and you will be... You'll feel, you know, at least twenty four to forty percent better than you did the previous day, no matter what else is going on in your life. So, Absolutely, you know, and I've experimented with uh, natural remedies. Uh, one thing I was never interested in trying out was the prescription drugs because, firstly, I, I the kind of person I am. I do my research and I found that you weren't really getting deep sleep on prescription drugs. They were just knocking you out, but you were not going through the cycles of sleep, which are actually important for your brain and your body to repair itself and um, bring you to your optimal performance level. So I was investigating and you're right. I found a white space that didn't exist. There weren't products out there. I maybe found, I tried a few from Amazon. Um, they were supposedly natural. Some of them gave me crazy nightmares. <laughs> the others, right, right. the others, I just didn't like the taste. And, uh, so, you know, when I heard you were starting a, a sleep beverage company, a company that we're going to now get into, um, uh, I I think I over enthusiastically reached out reached out to you and said, "Can I try it?" Yeah, you did <laughs> because and I was in the. I was so happy. You I, did. I was right in the midst of it, trying to find the right solution. And right. you know, I don't need a a, a remedy every night. I right. don't need something every night, but I work hard, and I, sometimes it's tough for me to shut off my brain. Uh, I tend to be an overthinker, right? And um, so I need something to just calm me down, and some of that is ritual, but a drink can help. So. Psalm, let's talk about Psalm. You obviously sort of tinkered around with a bit of a formula on your own um, for your wife, and then I'm assuming tried that on yourself. Mm -hmm. How did that go? Because everyone has ideas, right? Yeah. Uh, You also happen to be a a serial entrepreneur, which is just lucky for all of us. Right, right. Well, how did that go from idea to product? to where you are now, which is out in the market. Yeah, I got together with my
2: good friend, Abdul Khan, and we already had been doing business together and had partnered up on other things as well, and we enjoyed working together, and he agreed that this was something that we could tackle together. I then um, called a, another entrepreneur friend of mine named Peter McLaughlin, mm. and Peter had a very fascinating platform uh, that he had started after uh, while he was in Harvard B School called Hourly Nerd. And it sounds funny, but a great name because yeah. it's catchy, and it was really for folks that got uh, super educated, PhD, MBA, some advanced degree in life, and were working a day job but wanted to make extra money, doing some side projects, mm-hmm. side work, consulting, like just say, and it was great for companies like my recycling company, ERI, because we didn't have to hire uh, Uber powered. MBA to do a white paper, do a study on something. So Peter and I became friends because ERI had used them, you know, seven, eight, nine times. So I called Peter and I said, Peter, I need your help. And he goes, Oh, what are we doing for ERI? Happy to help. And he had now built a huge database. Hourly Nerd had really grown big. Mark Cuban became his first celebrity investor and, uh, and his platform really had grown. And it's no longer called Hourly Nerd, it's now called Catalan, but it's grown massively since Peter and his partners from Harvard started it. And so he says, how can I help, John? I said, listen, and I explained to him the what I was looking for. I said, I need uh, food and beverage scientists to institutionalize my little apothecary of, <laughs> of, of sleep uh, mixture that I've made up here in the home and on the road and someone who's really well-trained, educated, but also has real-life experience. And Peter looked in his Vast database, and he got me three people. And I called each of them on the phone, had nice conversations. So the first one I met in person was here in New York. He was living in Brooklyn, working uh, already, but he was a FSU grad where Gatorade was created. So he had great you know, mm-hmm. um, credentials from school. His name was Rob Bent. And... Um, And he also went to NYU and got his MBA. So he had good business experience along with his science experience. And then he went and worked in the real world for many years. And so I invited him to one of my favorite vegan restaurants, one that you and I have eaten at (laughs) together, Peace Foods. Uh And he had such an open heart and mind about it, being a food and beverage scientist. He said, Mm. oh, sure, I'll meet you there. And so we went there and he goes, my brother's a vegan. And he literally ordered a lovely meal and he deconstructed it and gave me a play-by-play while he was uh, (laughs) enjoying it. But I knew he literally, before meeting with the other people, even though we had spoken, I knew he had found the right person because he not only was obviously someone of uh, immense um, uh, brain power, Uh, you know, people would say Mensa, but he was also... Uh, amazingly warm and sensitive to the right mixture of science and business and understanding what the opportunity was. And it was very personal to him. He not only had his own microsleep events that could have turned out really bad as well, such as dr- in driving in cars, et cetera, but he grew up and his father was a chronic insomniac, a very high powered lawyer. And he immediately said to me, this sounds like a fascinating project in that it's personal to me. Mm -hmm. And we found that with all of us, all of the co-founders and all of the folks that are the original group of people that worked with or on the project and became a business, it was immensely personal to them, which made it much more than about money, mm-hmm. which is just the type of people you want working on, on a new business venture because it's it's much more about money. It's right. about solving a big issue, making the world a better place. Uh, the money's wonderful as well, making a financial success of it. And you have to keep an eye on the bottom line. But the mission mm-hmm. keeps everybody going on the journey when things look dark. And so Rob joined on Abdul was already on and uh, Abdul's wife, uh, Christine, joined on because she was back then in her late 20s, but also was having issues and believed greatly in what we were doing and also had uh, a food background from her uh, social media skills. And, and she was a food influencer uh, and, and really believed that we can make a difference here. And, and then off we went as a foursome, uh, started creating the beverage, and, uh, and, and then literally as we as we're, were creating it, started sampling with friends and family.
1: Got it. So, and how did you end up with the, um, the, the kind of ingredient list that you ended up with in, in the product? Um, was that similar to what you were making in your kitchen? Um, can you for for someone who doesn't know anything about psalm, yeah, um, and is listening to this and thinking, well, I could use some help falling asleep at night, yeah. and, and this, uh, and I don't like they don't want to take prescription drugs or they maybe right. are on prescription right. drugs. Uh, what is in psalm that makes you fall right. asleep, and yeah. why is it safe? Well, let's start from a macro principle. I only wanted to
2: create something that I would be very proud of, and would be proud not only for my wife to take and for myself to take and my friends and family including my children to take but it had to adhere to the beliefs that i was already walking my walk on you don't now change your walk of vegetarianism to then 12 years ago plant-based veganism uh you know drug-free uh type of lifestyle to saying okay i'll just sell out for this business and Mm -hmm. So we wanted to create a product that was vegan, gluten free, non-GMO, drug free. Um, we wanted to create an original version because in America, Red Bull, Coke, and Pepsi still sell very well. But a sugar-free version, because if you study the major trends, that's the fastest-growing segment in all the beverage categories: sugar-free. So we created uh, uh, both, but we also wanted to do it from a holistic point of view. You know, you could, we could you and I know we could sit here and be pure vegans and eat Oreos all day and night. Yep. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is to do this in the healthiest way possible with the most um, holistic products possible. So basically, we took the apothecary that we had created in the home, gave that list to Rob, started working on that list, and then built around it and uh, and and also made sure that there was a lot of taste to it, mm-hmm. taste that was um, Good enough that people enjoyed it, but not great enough where it started like doing a dance on your tongue and and getting you all excited before you went to bed because that wouldn't be the purpose it would sort of defeat the purpose. Um, some people even said to us that you know when they were giving us their feedback because we were asking people for their unvarnished feedback which is a very important part of the the any entrepreneur's journey. Uh, they said some people even said to us it tastes like sleep and uh (laughs) uh, which was a very nice description we figured oh maybe we're on to something then um and then it also obviously the efficacy had to be there Mm. so you had had to taste good had to have holistic products in it um we also wanted to make it nsf certified from day one Mm. which was really important because we knew some of the people um In in modern day times, some of the biggest influencers were the Tom Brady's and LeBron James. And real leaders were now athletes. They were both social spokespeople. They were both uh, athletic sports, you know, spokespeople. And we wanted them to be able to have a drink like ours or their contemporaries have a drink like ours and be able to do it in season and out of season. So NSF Mm. certified means any athlete, both professional or amateur can drink our drink and never pop a positive. Okay. Really important. So then when you look at the uh, the ingredients to some, mm-hmm. uh, it's very basic. The magnesium and the B6 help get your sleep physically, your your body into its natural cycle. So you're ready to enjoy a good night's sleep. So... Um, the magnesium and the B6 are really important for that. Then the second tier is the L-theanine, which is a green tea derivative, as we know, in the GABA, which helps your brain get open to going from the alpha to the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, and last but not least, on the third level, is the melatonin. And the melatonin at 3-meg, which is scientifically proven to be Not too much, Mm -hmm. but not too little of melatonin, which is, you know, greatly socialized around the world. And we could have put this in a lot of different platforms, but we chose what looks like and feels like in your hand a Red Bull can because it's already been socialized. So we would love to be known as the Red Bull of sleep. But also eight ounces was important to us because when we started studying the science of sleep and also insomnia... Many sleep-related issues are tied back to uh, the issue of dehydration. Mm-hmm. So, eight ounces was enough uh, to help rehydrate a body and allow you to get your best night's sleep possible, but not too much to make you do extra bathroom stops <laughs> that you were you know, genetically predisposed to do. So,
1: that's interesting. So, I mean, I have a few questions on the yeah. uh, on the ingredients. Sure. Um. All of them, you know, in my journey of experimentation, I tried uh, several of those combinations. Sure. Magnesium was a good one to go with. Um, uh, Sometimes I've heard vitamin D3 can be beneficial to kickstart your natural sleep cycle. Sure. Um, But I guess you found B6 does something similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, the the tn 9 and the, the GABA, all natural, makes sense. The part that used to always concern me with sleep remedies was melatonin. Because, yeah. you know, you can walk into a, a, any drugstore and pick up a bottle of melatonin, melatonin, and it usually is very high concentrations of melatonin. And there's a huge... In my research, I found there's a problem with that because your body naturally makes melatonin, which helps right. you fall asleep. right? But it makes not more than, I think, five micrograms right. a night. So if you end up consuming more than that, That's right. uh, you end up down-regulating your melatonin receptors. So you need more melatonin to fall asleep and then you kind of end up becoming dependent on melatonin to fall right. asleep and you can't fall asleep otherwise. Sounds like you've found that perfect, is it below what your body naturally produces so that it doesn't interrupt uh, it just sort of kickstarts the natural uh, sleep cycle. That, that was the goal? the
2: goal. That was the absolute goal Neil and uh, three is it, when you look at all the best science that exists today three is the the, the what is called the 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 sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, We found it to be great. We found people to be able to cycle on and off it. We found people to be able to take it every day and have a lot of success. We also, when you do, when you study melatonin over time and look at the studies that have been done on it, people have taken it for 10 years and come off it and been absolutely healthy and their hormones are testing at very regular levels. So it's tested to be very safe, over years of uh, uh, scientific evidence and also anecdotal, uh, anecdotal evidence. So we feel really good about our ingredients. And NSF has been great for us because we, so many athletes and others have really said that the product has impacted them greatly.
1: Yeah, and I've tried it, of course, and um, I think it, it, it definitely works. It uh, What I like about it is uh, it doesn't make you groggy when you wake up necessarily it sort of just does what you want it to do which is it kind of helps you fall asleep faster and then stay asleep and even if you do wake up in the middle of the night you're not like a zombie um you're very much awake and you can get back into it because i think it isn't it doesn't perform like sleep drugs which you know basically make you go unconscious this basically gets your brain to you know, it uses the magnesium to produce serotonin. That serotonin then gets converted to melatonin, which helps you fall asleep. And so if you wake up and you have to do something, you'll you'll be okay um, because it's not like you are blocking some brain function that is now going to trick your body into staying asleep when you actually um, probably should be awake. Absolutely the the
2: case. And that's really what our goal Mm -hmm. was. Listen, you got to start somewhere. And we're, we we know we're not going to put those drug manufacturers out of business that are making $50 billion a year. But if, even if we grabbed uh, 1% or 2% and started changing the world and changing the minds and hearts of people and getting people on a healthy alter- alternative, uh, an alternative that didn't have medicine in it, mm-hmm. didn't have drugs in it, um, was actually good for you for many reasons, then we're, we're accomplishing our goals.
1: And in terms of the, I know you said you have an original and a sugar-free version. Yeah. What do you use as a sweetener in the sugar-free version? Sugar-free
2: is stevia, okay. uh, erythritol, and monk fruit.
1: Okay. And you've done, you know, there's a lot of people are very concerned about sugar and artificial sweeteners. Stevia is, I think the science is pretty solid on that, as well as monk fruit, Um. I don't know much about the sugar alcohols, but I'm assuming you've done some of that uh, research. It's the
2: best that's out there today, actually. I mean, again, science
1: always evolves and changes.
2: Mm-hmm. But for what exists today, we found it to be the best and the cleanest that we could use.
1: Because, you know, it's important for us to have this discussion because the people who are going to be early adopters who are going to try this, and uh, if you're going to encourage people to try uh, a beverage to perform a function, like uh, it makes you sleepy. sure. You want to make sure that you're giving them the absolute cleanest, the best ingredients possible, um because you're up against the worst possible remedies that exist, which is you know prescription drugs which have their uses for some people hundred percent but I mean... but it 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 is the way it's being prescribed and consumed is definitely not how it was intended no. um which I think is part of the problem here, so you're in a space where. Nothing like this exists. There's yeah. these pills you can buy in uh, drugstores, as I said. You can buy stuff off Amazon and elsewhere. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. You can just buy magnesium, and that helps. Um, but you're offering something that actually works. Um, yeah. Have you thought much about the fact that um, the how does your drink fit into what is the—back to the earlier discussion we had around the cultural problem with sleep, right? Mm. We've almost forgotten, as a culture, what a sleep ritual looks like. We we jump from uh, right, we jump from watching TV or sending emails, uh, and 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 go to bed, or from drinking yep. alcohol, and yeah. assume that we're going to just pass out and have a good night's sleep. And that's usually not the case. We either have trouble falling asleep, or if you do fall asleep, you then wake up and then have trouble going back to sleep. Yeah. How do you think your drink will function? I know you said it's going to be it's in a can it's eight ounces. it is the the it's almost designed to be like the red bull of sleep the opposite right. of red Bull right. How do you think people will use it? people who want to use it will use it irrespective of that but for others who you know are not used to having a beverage before they go to bed sure. how do you think this will play into redefining kind of a you know, culturally, the sleep ritual people should think about before they go to bed. It's part of the, the new sleep ecosystem. Uh, when you think about
2: this, Neil, you know, you and I have known each other for years now. When we first met, there was no Casper mattress, hmm. there was no Lisa, uh, avocado, purple, tufted needle. Yeah. There was no Brooklyn when we met or parachute. So there's a whole new sleep platform i call it the sleep pie we're just one slice psalm sleep is just one you're forgetting ariana huffington well she (laughs) well she wrote she wrote the the seminal book on this and and did it from the heart it was very Mm -hmm. personal to her she collapsed at her desk broke i believe her orbital bone if i'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken and literally had a uh, you know, a coming to, mm-hmm. you know, terms with herself and her overworking to wanting to, again, we all are so excited to make our babies, our, our entrepreneurial ventures successful because we believe so much in the mission that we we literally do it at our own detriment. Mm. You and I are similar in that way. She was similar. This is not a dissimilar story to the American dream. But it's her writing that book. Mm. It's Bezos coming out and saying, hey, although he runs one of the biggest businesses now in the world, he gets eight hours a night. Mm. Brady comes out and says he couldn't be playing in his 40s if he didn't get. The amount of sleep he got, it no matter how clean he eats, no matter how well he exercises. And LeBron comes out and says he sleeps sometimes 12 hours a night in season to just get rest and recovery. So when you have some of the biggest platforms and thought leaders saying that mm-hmm. and then someone like you sharing your story or, or Ariana Huffington sharing her story. It sets it sets up for a reshifting and a an, and a paradigm shift that has now created what I call the sleep pie, mm-hmm. and the sleep pie will be um, now divided into different pieces. You have the the mattress piece, mm-hmm. you have the linen piece, you have the sleep drink piece that we're bringing, you're going to have other pieces as well. You're going to have sleep coaches and sleep doctors. There's a rise mm. of professionals, consultants that are making a living doing this and good for them because we need that. Like We need coaches in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Um and there's going to be new products that come on the market. I'm sure there's going to be competition to us and there's going to be competition to Casper and to Brooklinen and parachute and, and to others. And there'll be others that write books on sleep, like yeah. Arianna Huffington that do well as well, because it reaches different audiences at different times and people are more open to different messages as we evolve. Um, so I believe sleep is, uh, Couple of things non-negotiable, and it's going to be one of the biggest business trends in the next ten-year business cycle.
1: Yeah, I think you're just so right, and we've seen early signs of it. I'm glad you brought up the mattress companies and all of them because they are, you know, it's it's only happened in the last few years where sleep has even become a topic that is uh, discussed, uh, firstly from a health standpoint, and then of course. The beauty of it is uh, we have people trying to innovate in the space to get people to um, to make it easier for them to, to latch on to this idea that you need to get sleep. And there are products you can use that make it easier and more fun or more um, accessible for everyone versus just uh, turn off your lights and go to bed. Uh, and then, of course, you have the blue blo- uh, bl- light blocking glasses that are, you know, I know that's very... Small segment of the population knows about but that growing, even, but, but, but growing. growing. Um, there are light manufacturers that are you know are now offering dimming uh, lights. That, you know, of course, anyone who uses a laptop even knows there's software you can now add. The iPhones have it built in. Our Fitbits, so we
2: can mm-hmm. track our sleep, so what's measurable then becomes more manageable. Yeah, all these things the wearables, as you point out, um, the uh, um, the glasses, mm-hmm. even there's new pillows being designed to help you sleep better. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's going to grow. And so where
1: does some sort of fit in? I know now you're just, you're, you're the beverage and you've just launched recently. Yeah, we're one quarter uh, in. And it's a it's a small can, easy to, and it's, you have it chilled, which is interesting. Most, you know, end of the night beverages tend to be warm. Teas and liquids. Yeah, Let, any reason you went with? Uh, no, you don't have to chill it. I don't okay. chill
2: mine. Many people don't chill theirs. It's really, really personal. Mm-hmm. It's really whatever, however you want to drink it, drink it. But as uh, I think Sports Illustrated called it, sleep in a blue can or something like that. And 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 that's how we see it. Our goal, our mission, is to uh, democratize sleep. Yeah. I mean, no day will be more excited for me personally. To get it into a national brand like a GNC, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a legacy brand in America that always meant health and wellness to me when I was growing up Um, or, you know, growing up here in the city and going to college and high school in Manhattan to be in every corner grocery store that are open 24 hours run by the great immigrants that fuel this country with the spirit that we all and our grandparents all came here with and for um, to be in those 24-hour markets or to be in Kroger's or to be in any other brand, because although online's wonderful and mm-hmm. we're proud to be on Amazon, proud to be on our own website, to be in the bricks and mortar where America still lives yeah. and give them the access. Because once they see it, they there's a good chance, you know, typically I understand from the people who study these things, when people are walking down an aisle in a supermarket or a drugstore, and that your your can or your product catches their eye, you got three seconds or less. <laughs> and so we have three seconds or less to have a chance to democratize sleep mm-hmm. in the years to come, and that's our goal. And, get, and getting into the bricks and mortar is really where we think there's so much opportunity in the United States and, by the way, around the world. This is not going to stop here. We're registered in 32 countries, and the goal is to bring sleep... Um, everywhere where this crisis is and that's
1: it's, uh, it's everywhere <laughs> it's everywhere and you're you're on as you said you're e commerce only at the moment yeah um, so tell me how that the early months have been yeah um, you know after all yeah see the, g- the fun part about this conversation for me is that i understand the you know I, I i have shared the same passion sure for the subject sure um i mean it's not a subject it's really a crisis at the moment that facing nearly everyone out there yeah um I agree with the solution because, you know, I'm not a fan of um the the prescription drugs that have all these side effects. Yours is all natural. I've tried it. I know it works. That's important. You've got a functional beverage, it better perform the function. Right. But you're also building so the third thing of what I'm excited about is you're also building a, a, a beverage company, a food company. That's true. And you know, there's that's an interesting story in itself. So what's that been like so far for you um launching online building a brand, uh, early lessons. What, what do you, what do you, what do you gathered so far in this journey? We're only one quarter in
2: literally yesterday was our first 90 days. <laughs> Congratulations. We only launched. Yeah, thank you. And as you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's, it's always learning as an entrepreneur, you're always learning uh, and, and figuring things out and making mistakes and, and whatever doesn't work, you just cut which is fun about the online world and whatever works you scale. The real exciting part are the unintended uh, great consequences that we didn't expect. You know, We expected 18 to 85-year-olds to hopefully like our drink and use it. But then when you start getting random emails from folks you don't know that have no financial or emotional tie to the founders or to the company, financially speaking... And they say I used to be on these prescription drugs and now I'm off. I used to be suicidal because I couldn't sleep and now I'm not. I used to I, I I gave it to um my family member who had lupus or rheumatoid arthritis and now they're all in a lot less pain. I gave it to my son or daughter who has autism and now they're getting through the night and their their days are much brighter. This is the stuff that gets you through the entrepreneurial uh, zigs and zags and ups and downs and especially the hurdles because it drives you forward to know the greater mission uh, has so much opportunity in front of us. The white space is even much greater than we thought. And the offers from other distributors in Mm -hmm. countries uh, such as China, Japan, the Philippines, Asia, uh, other parts of Asia and Europe, have been have been so early but so uh, encouraging that we know we have something here. So now it's just managing the process, uh, keeping our wits about us, and and just staying really hyper focused on on just creating a good product at our co-packer on a regular basis, and and getting the distribution uh, channels going as fast as possible. You know, one of the key tenets of great entrepreneurship, I believe, at 55, I could say this, maybe at 25, I didn't know this, is speed. Hmm. Every second counts. And there's lots of bright people that can raise a lot of money that will follow you and try to mimic or, or copy. So speed to market and speed to scale are critical and, uh, and don't be embarrassed by the mistakes you make and saying, oops, I, this one's a goof. Let me cut this and let me just, you know, bring this one to closure. And, and so that's what we've been doing the first quarter. And we think in the next uh, next 60 to 90 days, we'll have some great announcements about some national and regional distribution that will get it into the hands of the rest of, uh, start getting into the hands of the U.S. citizens and democratizing mm-hmm. this, this sleep drink.
1: Yeah. And how how are you kind of educating people about mm. this? Because there's a whole education component of this, uh, because you can have someone walking through uh, a deli or a grocery store or a gas station and see your product, but they won't have any idea what's the story behind it, what is in it. Of course, they could look at the can, but the reason I ask that is because, and this is part of the problem we need to solve, right? Yeah. Is that People recognize the the energy drinks. They rec- there's a whole aisle for that probably right. Right now in a, in grocery That's stores. That's right. But there's none for uh, drinks that'll c- bring you down at the end of the day and help you fall asleep or relax. Um, maybe there needs to be one eventually once there are enough products out there. So how is that? How are you tackling the education piece? Of course, we're, we're talking about this. This is going to be yeah. on a podcast out there. This yeah. is part of that. But... It's part of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, education first before mm-hmm. you change the world. You know that. You're doing a brilliant job of that. You started with your blog. You went into your podcast. Now you wrote a great book, Eat for the Planet, which I've read twice now. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but you've mastered that, Nil. You're educating of uh, the world and walking the walk yourself, um, because it all it all falls in line with my absolute favorite poem uh, in my life it, it, by one of my greatest heroes is, was by Muhammad Ali, and it's actually the shortest poem also <laughs> in history. And here's the poem: Me, we, <laughs> and that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. If you walk the walk yourself and talk the talk. And don't be afraid to do an interview, whether that audience is going to be 10 people or a hundred thousand people or a million people, you could change the world. And that's how we're going about this. Mm -hmm. We don't care if we go air, land, or sea, we want to democratize sleep and bring it to everybody. Good sleep to everybody. My youngest investor was 19 years old. He put I think $15,000 into some. I said, why are you investing? He said, I tried the drink and it makes me feel 10 again. I said, I don't understand. He goes, I'm not a bad sleeper, Mm -hmm. but I already was getting stressed out from my job. He said, I was already getting stressed out from still being a teenager and also from all my electronics and my lifestyle. So my sleep was good, but now when I drink some, my sleep is great. He's 19. Most 19-year-olds 19 aren't really thinking like that, and he invested. Um, so I feel, when we go and pitch retailers, they ask me, to your point, mm-hmm. where do you want to be in my store? Mm. And I tell them this, this is your store. If you honor me by putting me anywhere, sleep aid section, functional beverages, or next to the energy drinks, or anywhere else you want, point of purchase, you choose, we'll help you get the people in here to then try the drink. And once they try it, we believe enough of them will come back and buy more of it. Mm -hmm. So- Whether we have a place yet now or whether they have a designated section, most of the time when you disrupt, you're just fitting in somewhere, wherever they'll fit you in. So I tell them, doesn't matter where you put me, just put me somewhere in your store and the public will find it because it has that much value for them, I feel, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we'll help get them in here. And so... Uh, that's sort of how the discussion goes. I don't think there's any one place because it's truly a disruptive beverage.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's so unique in so many different ways. You can uh, you have to tell the story because unlike most other beverages, uh, you can't actually have a sampling station in grocery stores. No, <laughs> you can't at all. I found that funny even when I saw your uh, your booth at uh, the Natural Products Expo yeah. West. If people were tempted to take the cans and, and try it, which would be, well, if you want to fall asleep, then that would have been a good choice. But right, right,
2: right. I had one investor who really didn't believe, potential investor. Mm. And um, it was three in the afternoon. There was numerous investors at the table. Most of them were people he knew. And the others were believers already. And he just said, I, I just can't really, I don't believe. And the other guys at the table egged him on and he tried it right at the table. And literally 40 minutes later, he was fighting to stay awake at the table and eventually said, just excuse me. I, I, and he literally crawled under. This was in a restaurant in, in New York City. I, I'm just being on. And he took a nap. Uh-huh. And um, should have got that on video. Though. I know. I wish I was better with the modern technology. Um, I'm not good with selfies and I'm not good with videos, unfortunately. But um, he, you know, that's... It's the truth, though, mm-hmm. and um, it really does work. And But, you know, for your listeners, it works differently. You know, we're all different people, heights, weights. We all have different genetic predispositions. And just like traditional medicine, over-the-counter or prescription, affects people differently, and just like food affects people differently, you and I know we could go out and have the similar meal but be affected by it differently based upon how our body metabolizes the food, mm-hmm. even a wonderful plant-based meal. Um, some will affect everyone slightly differently and I would just ask for folks to try it and try the experience and if it's beneficial to them or they find it helps them, uh, I think that, I think there's a lot to that.
1: Yeah. So you're, I know you're only a quarter in, but what's the grand vision with, uh, with this company to the extent, uh... You either have a grand vision, which I'm sure you do, yeah. or you're willing to reveal it. Yeah, um, no, What's both. the grand vision?
2: The grand vision is truly to continue to build online while we, 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 we focus on bricks and mortar. Because I feel that people th- think that online is such a way to go now only, and they hyper-focus online and totally forget the importance of of bricks and mortar and that that's in combined with part of the problem of the technology revolution i would tell my salespeople at eri and i still tell them this which goes for us abdul and i at Som, and we've lived by this i tell them i tell the salespeople, if i see you in the office you're not selling and i tell them get your face out of facebook and go get in someone's real face hmm. because we've all of us are guilty of leaning so much on all our Wonderful electronic toys that the people side of this, the personal nose to nose stuff that we're doing today, Neil, is such a forgotten art. Mm -hmm. And so Abdul and I have made it a commitment of ours to go do our sales calls on retail in person Mm -hmm. and really make this personal. And most of the buyers in retail tell us they never see the owners anymore. They just see the brokers. And we said, well, Assam, you're going to see the owners because we stand behind our product, we believe in our product, and we really are asking you to take a chance on us, and we want to do that face-to-face. And so our strategy is to go do this nose-to-nose across America, bring SOM into the bricks and mortar of the United States, and then when when we find the right partners around the world, um, really go to try to tackle this problem outside of our borders as well and uh uh, and 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 make this a worldwide product.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't. Um, you know, I see the importance of e-commerce, um, but you can't rely only on that. It works for some companies if they are um, resource, if they have constraints around resources. Yeah. Assuming you don't have uh, right, you know, you don't have the production capacity, and you don't have the 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 resources to go and actually do what you're doing in terms of distribution, right. then you can kind of build um, a hardcore following online who will subscribe uh, to your products and use e-commerce as a way to kickstart your pro, your your sales. Right. Um, but eventually, even those companies have to expand to bricks and mortar. And I think uh, you kind of have to do both. Uh, you can start somewhere which you have online, but right. um, eventually you have to get everywhere and the second point i want to mention from what you said is is the face to face thing i mean i think so for anyone who's an entrepreneur or wanna be an entrepreneur listening oh i think anyone who's trying to establish credibility and success in some ways in their jobs or their businesses you can't you can't discount the importance of that it's a it's a it's a lost art that needs to come back I'm glad people like you are bringing it back or have maybe never forgotten it, which is why you've been successful in all your ventures, is you've got to be able to make those connections with people. And I think um, the good part about, I would say, um, the food, the plant-based food spaces is a lot more of that um, happening. And I think people are starting those one-to-one relationships that then blossom into partnerships uh, and then growth. Um, For example, I insist to do my podcast in person uh, I've made some exceptions only because it was a scheduling problem. It just yeah. didn't work out. But it improves the quality of the conversation. I've met you many times, but most right. people who I end up meeting on the podcast is the first time around. Right. And then it establishes a connection that we can continue from.
2: A connection that um, has longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, say, I'll tell you this, Neil. In 55 years, I've never closed one business deal over Skype, text, email, and very few over the phone, if any, that I really remember. Typically, you close nose to nose, and it just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And people actually, in 2018, appreciate you showing up more than they did when I was 21 years old, because so few actually even make the effort today because they think they're going to get away with just doing it via email and sending a broker or some proxy. And when you show up in person, it is so impactful now that it becomes a game changer and it becomes a differentiator that I can't emphasize enough.
1: I totally agree with that. Um so as we sort of wind down over here um, and get ready to sip some Psalm, no, yeah, <laughs> let's go. It, it's still pretty early in <laughs> yeah, the day. It is. Um, I want to kind of get your sense of uh, how does this fit into sort of your bigger goals around food and health, yeah. and um, you know, uh, you, you, I'm sure you're going to continue identifying white spaces and time permitting, yep, uh, you will get involved. But uh, where do you where do you see your future? Um, fit within some or beyond that? Yeah. What are you most excited about looking ahead? Yeah, I'm excited
2: about, as my wife would say, we're going to continue to put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in the plant-based revolution. Uh, it's exciting. After 38 years of being a vegetarian and 12 years of being really plant-based, to see all the amazing entrepreneurs and products that are now hitting the market, but it's still the top of the second inning. And so Psalm is going to be uh, the first, I believe, of many plant-based ventures that my wife and I get involved with and uh, drive forward. Uh, we always say to each other, because we eat and uh, well and take care of ourselves, we expect to be working into our 80s. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to work with Uh, really great entrepreneurs like you, Neil, because you're continuing to move the greater mission forward and the platform forward to make it easier for great entrepreneurs like Ethan at Beyond Meat and uh, so many others and and our friend Bill Glasser at Pig Out and (laughs) other great entrepreneurs to come in the marketplace and just take a niche or two Mm -hmm. or three and, uh, own it and do it well and give healthy plant-based alternatives to folks that are looking for such opportunities. And I don't believe that everyone's going to go a hundred percent plant-based, but as you point out in your book, so much of society is looking for healthy alternatives that even if they just start eating plant-based during the day, mm. uh as a first step in the right direction and uh, maybe then plant-based during the week and then having fun on the weekends. And then eventually, as you point out in your book, as you call it, embracing it Mm -hmm. and going all in, that's where I really see this revolution going to an evolution. But we're years, we're at the top of the second inning, and there's so uh, much uh, further to go for decades and decades to come. Because although we've created this sleep drink that's we believe is really important and the glue to good health and wellness, you and I both know through our own personal experiences that food is the best medicine mm-hmm. and eating plant-based is the science doesn't lie and there's no refuting it. It's just the best way to eat. So I really believe the future is massive for all those budding entrepreneurs out there that want to start. Uh, a business where they see a void and it's mm. personal to them, uh, uh, my only advice would be to go for it because the time is now.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if that works out, I mean, if we all are successful thanks to people like you and others who are out there building companies, investing in companies, partnering f- with people who right. are doing, um, who are working on things that are going to change our food system, what's your vision? say for the year 2050, almost 30 years from now, if we get it right, what is our food system going to look like um, 30 years from now? Much more plant-based, I think, out of
2: both want, need, and necessity. As you know, because you and I have had this discussion on multiple occasions over wonderful meals, one of the greatest ways to clean up our greenhouse problem, our overheating of the whole entire planet, is for people to begin eating more plant-based and to stop the meat-based consumption, which will not only cure the global warming problem that we have or help roll it back somewhat, but will also help fix the massive broken water problem that Mm -hmm. we have and that is about to explode on us in the next two decades. Um, And not just rely on technology to cure that problem, but by also becoming more plant-based in our eating, uh, we could also fix that problem or at least help roll it back. Because water is not the headline today, but it's soon to be the headline in terms of not only here in the United States where we have water problems in a lot of areas, uh, but around the world.
1: Yeah, I agree. Thank you, John. This has been um, enlightening, insightful. I appreciate the time. It's always a pleasure to sit down and chat with you. Um, and, you know, hopefully next time we will hear the progress and growth of Psalm um, and we will be well in underway with this sleep revolution that we need to kickstart start. Um, If you want to help people live healthier, happier lives. So this is tied into our bigger planetary problems, because if people aren't feeling good and nourishing themselves, there's no way that they can then impart knowledge on others and share that information with others. So we can all collectively make a difference and change our food system and hopefully help us when we're going to be 10 billion people on the planet in 2050. right. Wow. Thank you so much, John. It's an honor to
2: be here, Nil, and an honor always to be with you, and I always learn when I'm with you. So thank you. This has been a great journey, our friendship together, and I just look forward to continuing in the years to come. Same here. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Eat for the Planet with Nil Zacharias.
0: 18 plus.